Welcome to Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and equips you to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 21, and we're going to be starting in verse number 25. Verse number 25. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. And uh, you can again follow along whether you're reading with your uh, actual Bible or even inside of the app, New King James Version. And um, I think this morning, as I've prayed and thought about what to share and wrestled really all week long on this one, uh, even to the late hours of last night, I really felt this was the way that God was leading me this morning as uh, we just begin to talk about this. But Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 25, says this. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on earth, distress of nations. And then it goes on to say, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectations of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaking, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with the power and great glory. And now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. As we read this passage of Scripture, it's easy to come to the conclusion that Jesus here is talking about end times, and indeed that is the truth. But what caught my attention upon reading this was this, the distress of nations, and then it goes on to say the the perplexity. In other words, things becoming massively confusing, massively frustrating, anger being aroused. And as I read that scripture, I just couldn't get away from this thought of what we should look like as as believers and as Christians and as those who, um, who love God. And so it's from this text, if you're taking notes, that I want to speak to you this morning on one simple word. And the word is simply this, it's, it's peace. Would you just look at your neighbor real quick and say peace? Look at your other neighbor, say peace. We're going to talk about what it means today in the midst of everything going on in our world and even in our city, talk about what it means to have peace. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is unchangeable. We thank you that it's powerful. And we thank you even today, God, that it speaks. God, I pray today as we have joined together, God, in one room, oh God, whether by screen, that for the next few moments we would turn our attention to your powerful word, which has the ability to change things. And God, we're asking, God, that you would first begin to change us. God, to show us what we need to understand about your peace, your abiding peace. That is a promise to every person I calls upon the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Hey, before you're seated, can you just turn around and give everyone in here just a good old Forrest Gump wave from the boat as if you just saw Captain Dan, and uh, you, may, you may be seated. Josh, thank you so much. Here, here's the thing. Today, very shortly, I want to just speak to you again on this idea of, of finding peace, but, but more specifically, finding peace in times where it could be very difficult to maybe even believe that it exists. 
I think we could all agree upon with what's going on, not only 12 weeks ago, but even what's going on, specifically even in our world today, that we find ourselves in a time in history where there's anything but peace. There's unrest, there's anger, there's anxiety, there's fear, there's confusion. And as these things begin to happen, we begin to understand that the Bible long ago predicted that these things would begin to happen. If you've ever joined us before for a series on Christmas, we have this thing where we, we talk about how the Bible says that there could be on earth peace and what that refers to is as it refers to the person. But for a person to pray that there would be peace on earth in the form of no wars, no tension, no anger, or anything else like that, very carefully and respectfully, I would say that that's, that's unbiblical. Because the reality is, is that, that there is a God, and we believe that to be true. And if we believe there is a God, then we also have to believe that there is an enemy. And you can call him the devil, you can call him Satan, you can call him the little red man, you can call him whatever you want. But to say that there is good means that there actually, there's bad. And so the reason that we'll never live in a world where there's no, no wars and, and no, no, no tension like we feel today is because the enemy is real. And the issues that we even see today, and we won't go deep into it today, maybe next week or the weeks to come, but the reason that we have issues here today is because that's exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to cause a lot of division among people. He wants to stir up hatred towards one another. It's really a sin issue. Everything that we're seeing in our world today, especially the, race, the racial tension, it's a sin issue. And so when we understand that in this world that we're going to face troubles, just like Jesus said in John 16, we could also understand that as believers, there's actually a promise that we have that if we embrace it, that we could have peace on the inside of us. And if there's anything I've thought about and if there's anything I've prayed about over the course of the past 12 weeks, as I know I keep referencing that and not, not to draw attention to it, but it's understanding that in the conversations with people and even in times with myself, that people are battling so hard in their minds, so hard in their hearts, even in their spirits, and they're troubled, and there's no, there's no peace. It just seems like every day is discouragement to discouragement to discouragement, and it seems like every day is just a struggle upon a struggle upon a struggle, and yet when we look through Scripture, we see these, these promises that God gives and it's like, wait a minute, even though the world is turning upside down and even though there's all these things going on, the question has to be asked is, is that the way that us as believers and as Christians, is that how we should be living? Is that how we should be looking? And it's not to say that there's never going to be times where things don't affect us. I think we could all agree, <laughs> things affect us. Am I the only person in the room? Life happens, amen? Amen. But here's the deal. We're supposed to be different. The Bible says we're supposed to be different. To a world, we look very different. One, one translation of the scripture says we're like aliens. How many of you guys know? That's different. But, but here's the deal. In my heart, I want you guys to understand, and I want you leaving this place knowing that there's a peace that God has promised to you. It's not distant. And I'm here to tell you, too, it's not predicated upon how perfect you think you could try to be for God. It's based off of God's goodness 
and God's love towards you. So if you're taking notes, I I want you to write this down. I really feel you need to know this. It's up on the screen. But here's the deal. Peace is a promise from God for us. It's a promise. I'm going to share with you a scripture at the end of our time today to show you about these promises that God has made to you and I that could help us in the moments and in the times that we see. Now, in Luke chapter 21, it's actually a prophecy that Jesus made over 2,000 years ago. Verse 25, and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on earth distressed of nations with perplexity. So Jesus is saying that when the end is near, that nations will be in distress. Perplexity will begin to take place. And we see that to simply be the case. But perplexity just means that nations, they won't be able to figure out what the answers are to the numerous problems. It's too hard to figure out. And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and on the earth and waves and roaring in the sea. So the waves roaring is speaking of the weather phenomenon like tsunamis and floods and, and earth-shaking events. And I think we can go through the course of the past 10 years and see that this is so true in Scripture. Verse 26, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectations of those things which are coming on earth. I think we live in a time where where people are in fear of the expectations of those things. And here's the deal. Some of them don't even know what those things are. And therefore, fear begins to come. And just like Jesus said would be so in this age, there's an unprecedented anxiety in our world. The fact is, anxiety is the number one mental health problem in our nation today. There's anxiety disorders, there's problems with sleeping, there's, there's panic attacks, there's, there's people who can literally get themselves sick because of fear. And it's the world that we live in. And Jesus foretold that this would be the case. He said, look, in the end days, all of this stuff's going to happen. But he also said that in the midst of this, for you as a believer, that you can actually live in peace when everything else around you is anything but peaceful. It's a promise that he makes. The Bible says in Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, this is telling us something important that wherever the kingdom of God is, there's peace. It's a promise for you. Romans 15, 13, now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy. Everyone say all joy. And what's that word say? Peace. So there's joy and there's peace in believing that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. In other words, it's something in my life that I've got to cultivate as the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that I've got to decide that I choose to be a person who wants the peace of God. Think of Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for, pause, for. The beatings that Jesus took was for, and then it says this, 
our peace. That's what Jesus took upon himself. You see, you need to see this today. One of the reasons that Jesus was crucified is so that you can have peace. It's a powerful thing, but it's got to be embraced. Listen, if we do not walk in the peace of God, then we are giving up one of the major benefits of the cross, the atonement, the reason for Christ's death when we choose not the peace. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying this. He says, I'm leaving, and before I come again, it's going to get challenging. The world will be filled with anxiety. People will be fearful, but I'm leaving you my peace for you that will enable you to overcome until I return. Does anybody in here just need God's peace in their life? Some of you are quiet and that's okay. Kind of makes me feel awkward. I have to work through that. It's just my deal. Vanessa tells me all the time, she goes, you are horrible with silence. I go, I know, I don't know what to do with it. (laughs) And I realize that when it's something like this, it's because you guys are thinking it through. But sometimes there's a tension that comes in the room that I can feel when you begin to hit a certain topic where you go like, hey, I think God's kind of speaking to you here. But here's the deal. For God to actually work in something in your life, You've got to wrestle with that tension. But here's the deal. You've got to come to grips with it. And you've got to be willing to say that if I step back and I look at my life and I look at the way that I've been thinking, the words that I've been speaking, the actions I've been taking, does my life reflect the peace of God that has been promised to me from God's word and from what Jesus did on the cross? Am I really saying I choose to take on God's peace? And I'm going to be transparent with you for the past 12 weeks in my life. No, I have not. I have allowed so many things to rob me of God's peace. And I got to a place last night in my office where I just said, God, if I'm to reflect back on everything that's been for 12 weeks, I feel like I've missed the mark when it comes to your peace. I have not been patient. At times I have not watched my words. Don't worry, I'm not like driving in my car like saying choice words to people here and there all throughout the city, that wouldn't be good. But but words of no faith, words of frustration, words of negativity. Come on, am I the only one in here today? Some of you, if you had a hanky, man, you'd be waving it up like, preach. It's like, man, because what happens? I'll tell you what happens. Hard times, things that happen like this reveal more about ourselves than we're willing to admit. If there's anything I've thought about when something like this hits, what it does is it reveals the holes in my game. Like, oh, I thought I was really patient until this thing hit. And then I realized a lot of work to do. 
Oh, oh, I'll just be real. Oh, I thought I knew how to love my wife the way that Christ loved the church until this thing hit. And not only did I realize it, she realized it, (laughs) and she let me know about it. You know, you say those things, I mean, I can't wait to just spend the whole day with my kids. Well, then they shut down the school systems, and guess what? You get all day with your kids. And I love my boys, but dear goodness gracious. I remember Jody, she had kind of put at the beginning of this whole deal, she was kind of educating some of us parents who had to do homeschooling. And she said one of the points, and I'll never forget it, and it was hilarious, by the way, because the kids kept like running into the room, and and it's the best line, this is real life. And it is real life, but she said this. She goes, you need to give yourself a break. And I was like, God bless Jody Mitchell. (laughs) But then I was like, and I'm not even carrying the load. Like Vanessa's carrying the load of our kids. And I love my boys, and they're back there, and they know daddy's making fun and doing all this stuff, but I'm just like, can you all just like go to your room and be like, take the volume level from here and place it way down here for more than two minutes at a time? Revealed some holes. Tough times reveal cracks in our character more than we're willing to admit. But it's until you begin to admit it that God can begin to address it. See, when I understand that God wants to make me better, of course he does. But it's up to me to acknowledge that. It's up to you to acknowledge and say, hey, you know what? Mm, this needs to be worked on. And guess what? Everyone look around real quick. Look around. Go to your left. Go to your right. Go behind. Like, no one's in front of me. That's okay. Guess what? Everybody inside of this room, we all got something. We all do. Some of us, man, we're not careful with our words. We need to be careful with our words. Uh-oh, just had another crazy thought. Some of you are mean on social media. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> You're mean. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. You say, well, brother, I'm just speaking the truth. I understand that. But it doesn't have a lot of love and grace to it. And it's damaging your character. And it's damaging your influence with people. And I'm not trying to be the heavy hitter today because we don't need that. We got enough going on. But I love you enough to say that when you do that, it repulses people from wanting anything to do with God. And I just want to encourage you as a friend, as a brother in Christ, be careful. Thanks, Lord. think what I've seen in this moment in all of the past 12 weeks and especially the past three weeks and especially the past week for that matter (laughs) is just how much being kind to people really works. I've also seen 
this fruit in people's lives that when they have the true peace of God, it just seems to flow in every other area of their life. So as we get ready to close and and bring this to an end, I just want to encourage you. Stop letting life, circumstances, frustrations, things completely out of your control to rob you of God's peace. Because it is the peace of God that changes things. So what do I need to know about peace? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, you need to know that God guides our lives with peace. God guides our life with it. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That, that word rule is like an umpire. It's the yes and it's the no. When you have the peace of God in your life and you're faced with this decision, what happens is the peace of God begins to say yeah and begins to, to say no. It's, it's the umpire. Now you may say, wait a minute, I thought the word of God was the guide for our lives. Well, of course it is. And for sure God's word is a guide on how to, how to live right before God. But here's the deal. The longer you walk with God, the more you determine this to be true. There comes decisions in our lives where it's not really wrong or right that we're struggling with. It's more so right and right. In other words, what do I do? Do I, do I marry this Christian or do I marry this Christian? Both are right. What do I choose? Do I take this job or do I take that job? Both are right. Which one do I choose? Do I buy this home or do I buy this home? Do I go to that school or do I go to this school? They're right decisions either way, but you don't know which one to make. That's where the peace of God comes in. The peace of God is the umpire. In other words, it begins to guide your life. It helps. Number two, our hearts and our minds are protected by peace. Our hearts and our minds are protected by peace. Notice Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And watch here, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, and here's the word, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God protects your mind. And as I just said a minute ago, a lot of us, it's in our thinking. And not to be too elementary, but when the thought comes, if you don't deal with it, it eventually becomes the words that you speak. And when you speak it, you normally believe it here, which means you're walking that thing out. So if that thought is negative and you keep speaking negative, you are walking out negative. So you've got to stop it here. You've got to take those thoughts, as the scripture says, captive to the obedience of what? Of God. If it's a wrong thought, not of God, take it captive, replace it with God's word. I always say this, if you have a struggle, match it with the scripture. Whatever your struggle is, find out what God's word says about that and renew your mind. We need God's peace because it protects 
our minds. Also, number three, peace is proof of our witness for Christ. I think if there's any other time, watch here in Ephesians 6.15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You want to know what's going to speak to this world right now? You being a person of peace. It will speak louder even when your words do not. Because when everybody's freaking out and everything's going crazy, they look at you and they go, how are you so calm? I got a piece of God. And what does that do? It begins to speak as a witness for people to come to know Christ. Amen? Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to hear more about what God is doing through our church at Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo. For more information, visit us at canyonhills.com.